Hi, Daniel here. So there's very interesting articles in Dig It. But I think personally, why does it have to stop there, right? So I've reached out to a couple of these authors of articles that I personally find very interesting and I've also wanted to know more about. Or maybe I've just wanted to discuss the topic of the articles because I am so invested in them as well. So join me in interviewing a few authors from Digger articles that are popular, or things that I personally like. So I've come up with the idea that this is going to be a segment called I Just Want to Know More. So hey, if you can, join in and listen to some awesome authors discuss how they came up with their exemplary papers. I'm here with Chi-Chi Huang, the author of uh, the awesome paper on Dig It, Master of None, and Modern Romances on Television. Um, this particular paper spoke to me in a, in a very profound way. I was scrolling through Dig It at 5 a.m. in the morning, and you know, as you do, and I saw this paper. Initially, just saw the picture of, uh, of Dev and Francesca from the TV show, and I was like, I need to read this paper. And so I did, and I contacted the author because I felt this was something that I definitely need to um, uh, definitely need to uh, discuss with him uh, about. So welcome to uh, this little episode. Uh, yeah. So how, just kind of introduce yourself and um, yeah, so what course are you in and why did you choose to write this paper? Yeah, uh, hello everyone. So um, I, I was in the me- intermediate class. And yeah, uh, yeah so like intermediate is uh, basically, uh, it, it was a term uh, coined by Dick Higgins. And it, 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 it is about the relationship between two mediums and how you understand it like um, uh-huh. for example how a narrative from a book is translated into a movie or like how uh, how uh, movies incorporate like uh, conventions you normally found in video uh, videos like um, co- co- Cloverfield or a uh, paranormal activity would be, be examples of such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, right. so yeah. So essentially, intermediality is this kind of marriage of two different forms of, of media that mm-hmm. give birth to, to to something else. So, book translation into uh, a movie. Two different forms of media and. Mm-hmm. But they tell the same story, essentially, is um, is what I'm getting from it. Yeah, so like, it's this essence that they're trying to grasp, and that's the thing that's translated into, right. yeah, yeah, different mediums. Okay, yeah. all right, that's that's very interesting. And I, so then your 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 paper kind of goes into um, into narrative complexity right from the get go, and. I just want to also kind of understand what narrative complexity is, especially in the context of uh, Master of None, because you chose Master of None to to 
to explain the the, the theory of na of mm. narrative complexity. Yeah. So narrative complexity is basically uh, like producers and writers nowadays they they see this uh, desire to uh, break the conventions because there's just too many shows of the same genre nowadays with like video streaming services so mm -hmm. they try to uh, incorporate conventions from different genres into tr basically trying to mix different genres together right yeah and they do this in two ways the first way is um they, they try to juggle between the standalone episodes and the more serialized the ongoing plot lines they try to Right. Balance between these two, and the second thing they do is the narrative special effects. Basically, uh, they try to do this uh, interesting, interesting things about the narrative. Like, uh, for example, you can say in House of Cards, uh, uh, Frank Underwood always speaks to the audience. Like they, he breaks the fourth wall. That that would be a kind right. of narrative special effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's true. Uh, I think it's it's very apparent nowadays when it comes to um, to television, uh, or at least things on streaming websites like Netflix, that um, many times uh, these new shows are definitely pushing towards a narrative that is well complex or so narrative complexity. Mm. I think in your paper you talked about um, about Stranger Things and and that one episode that was. I could think it was a one big flashback episode or something, which was not yeah. perceived particularly well. Now, with narrative complexity, I, I think that it, it probably needs to be done in a tasteful way for an audience to actually grasp and enjoy a television show. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with it. Yeah, because I, in, in, I've seen many TV shows where you, know, you have the, the flashback episode mm. and it's just kind of dull because you d you, there isn't anything particularly, you know what the outcome is mm. and there's not that much of an investment. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So with Master of None, why, like what drew you to it? To write a paper for intermediality and also on a personal level. You talk about this a little bit in your paper, but I'd just like to, to, to hear it. Yeah, so like, um like uh for uh I, I encountered a series back in college and like many college students like um one one of my uh concerns uh, other than academic life is uh, dating life and right and like um i i remember i encountered a show when when i was uh after like a horrible dating night and i just uh right opened my Netflix and found found it and just started watching it and I couldn't stop. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's normally how it goes with these shows. So I uh, I remember I when it first came out, mm. I was just on Netflix mm. and I just happened to hover over um mm. Master of None for a bit. Yeah. And it had Aziz Ansari in it. And normally, I haven't really seen—I hadn't really seen him in any roles that I particularly was drawn to. Mm. But 
something about the show felt very uh, profound and honest and yeah, just kind of very real. And I think that was one one of the elements that that drew me to the show because I there, there's just so many different lessons to be learned from each episode because it, mm. each episode has a theme, mm. either if it's uh, parenthood or parents in general, uh, immigrant parents in general, mm. or, um, or or Indians on television. I think it was very interesting because it was almost like a cultural exchange for me. Because I hadn't seen things in perspective of an Indian main character in mm. a non-Indian uh, uh, form of media, something made by by Netflix in the West, mm. and I think that was very interesting. There was lots of very uh, important messages to be told about the Asian community in the U.S., and I thought that was that was very interesting to see. Uh, on television, especially something so mainstream on Netflix. Yeah. Um. So then, Master of None. How does it break this romantic romantic comedy mold? Because you also go into that, and is there is there a problem initially with this romantic comedy mold? Because we know that there is a particular style that romantic comedy goes with. And how exactly does Master of None go against that? Yeah, so like um, traditionally, like for romantic comedies, they always uh, the the plot line is always like um, uh, so the guy meets the girl and mm-hmm. by by some chance encounter and they found they they immediately attract to each other and. Just start dating, and immediately they, uh, uh, and eventually they settle down, and right. that's basically a gist of it for like every romantic comedy. But like mm. for Master of None, uh, I, I I will go into spoiler territory, but uh, oh yeah, go there. Yeah, so like uh for the the first season, uh the first season is basically about uh the main character Dev and his relationship with Rachel. And um, as uh, anyone that watched the show can tell, like um, they 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 didn't end up together. Like um, they they have different path they have to follow, and they follow it instead of like for for traditional romantic comedy, they will settle down, and that that will basically be be the end of it. But right. Instead, we see these two characters go on different path and explore what they have to explore. So right. that that uh, that also connects to the real part of it. Like that's, I think that's one of the reasons why the show feels real. It's basically right. uh, try to break the mold set by tr- traditional romantic comedies. Right. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that because, like you said, it's it doesn't always seek for the most pleasing outcome all the time. Most of the time, mm-hmm. it's probably the most realistic uh, outcome. It's a, it's a very it follows realism a lot. This this mm-hmm. TV show and it's disappointing, but at the same time, there's something kind of cathartic about it because you can. As you're yeah. watching it, you can sit back and think, "Yeah, that's just kind of how things go," 
mm. uh, in real life. Like mm. if, if two people are veering in different uh, ways, uh, different interests in life, then yeah, you can't really maintain a relationship like that. So mm. I think it's a good idea that they, they stuck with this for the TV show mm. because it definitely adds level of realism that audiences evidently seem to like um so your selection of episodes with um uh in your paper you chose uh Bananote uh the finale uh The Thief New York I Love You um Plan B and Ladies and Gentlemen do you think that there could be any other um episodes that you can possibly remember that would fit this that would fit the telling the story of narrative complexity because i i have one uh, that definitely i would have put in there and also did you find um, it hard to choose between episodes for this yeah basically uh before i wrote the paper i just uh i rewatched the show all over again like for right. season one and season two and try to decide how it how like different episode fits what I'm trying to argue for and right. I think one episode that I would like to write about but I kind of left out due to well it just uh, the, the paper is getting lengthy and I can't really mm. get into it but uh, right. one that one episode will be Thanksgiving uh, the, yeah yeah that's the that's that's a really good episode that, that diverges from the initial plot yeah yeah I think uh, it's a really interesting episode because um, you basically see these characters uh, evolve from different different ages. Like um, it starts from like when they're small, and it gradually walks towards like when they become adults. And you can actually see their growth, like yeah. between the years. So I think it's a really interesting standalone episode. But uh, I I didn't include it because uh, I I can't really like uh, I can't really see how it fits into ho- what I'm trying to argue for. But it definitely is a really good episode. Right. Yeah. So I think personally, another one that I would uh, I found very interesting would be season one, the episode called mm-hmm. Nashville, mm-hmm. where um where Dev takes Rachel on their first date mm. for a weekend trip to Nashville. Mm. And it definitely plays into the trope of the traditional romantic comedy. Mm. Because, you know, it's it's very happy, happy, happy. They're just like two young lovers exploring this new city. Yeah. But then it hits you with realism when uh when dev can't keep his promise of getting them back to the airport in time mm. and she misses her i think her nephews or, or nieces uh recital for something mm. and it turns from this happy episode to probably the most depressing <laughs> couple minutes that you'll watch on tv as he yeah. realizes that he's messed up Mm. and he has to win her back and in the end it does have a it does have a, a positive conclusion mm. but there is this element of forgiveness that is also realistic mm. because in I think in many TV shows if once someone makes a mistake mm. 
so big it's mm-hmm. almost as if they that that's it almost and you mm-hmm. can't really come back from that but i think it shows how as people we have the ability to to also forgive people and, and understand and also i think it's just the fact that dev the protagonist the main character of this tv mm-hmm. show has his flaws mm-hmm. um he's not a perfect person he makes very many mistakes he's quite childish at times and impulsive and i think this adds to that like you said this this uh narratively complex tv show Mm. so yeah Yeah. um is there anything else that you'd you'd feel like you need to that you'd like to voice from at least from writing your paper any feedback that you've gotten from people that have read it or anything yeah uh, so like for me this this paper really means a lot because uh, uh, when I first trying trying to enroll into Tilburg University, I wrote my motivation letter and uh-huh. like um, I try to relate to how 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 online culture li- relates to me and like the first thing that came to mind is the show because um, uh, like uh, another thing that the show gets into is uh, like online dating and stuff and that stuff. Uh, well that's part, one of the aspects of online culture and like um mm-hmm. also like um uh it's your also like 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 i said like um it goes into narrative complexity and stuff and i just thought thought it would be interesting to include it and t- in my motivation layer and now now i'm here and i'm writing this it's uh really special for me to have this experience yeah yeah that's great i i really appreciate you doing this i appreciate you uh uh for coming to talk to me and taking your time out of your day to discuss your ticket paper uh, i know you didn't have to this is just an extra thing but uh yeah I, it's highly appreciated it's a pleasure for me as well all right thank you very much yeah thanks you too You've reached the end of this episode. If you like what you heard, you can contact us or send us your feedback to digitmagazineaudio at gmail.com. This podcast is made on Anchor. Now, Anchor allows you to piece together or produce a podcast online and more importantly for free. It's a pretty nifty uh, tool. Um, more, What I really like about it is the fact that you can record and upload things directly to Spotify. It gives you a Spotify handle. And now we're on Spotify as well, which makes it feel a lot more, well, official. So check out Anchor if you're into making podcasts yourself. Or also you can find us on Anchor. And also you can now find us, like I said, on Spotify. Same handle, Dig It Magazine Audio. Thanks for listening.